0: All of us, I think, know very well the parable of the talents recorded in Matthew chapter 25. We know that parable and we've had many lessons through the years based upon the parable of the talents. I just want to remind you about the one talent man, though. Remember when the one talent man was called into account for what had been entrusted to him? In Matthew 20, uh, excuse me, this is Matthew chapter 24, uh, I'm going to get that right in a minute. Matthew chapter 25, verse 24. Matthew 25, verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, and reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. And so the one talent man acknowledged, I, I, I knew that you were a hard master to deal with, that you had expectations and I was afraid. So I hid my talent. I didn't use what had been entrusted to me. Of course you remember the parable ends with Jesus saying that the master said to the the one talent man, cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so the one talent man felt that he couldn't use any ...of the talent given to him, that he didn't have any ability, that he couldn't do any good for his master's use, he was afraid, he did nothing, and he was condemned. I want to suggest to you that that obvious lesson is clearly applicable to us. And I'm convinced that sometimes as Christians, we assess ourselves in sort of the same way. Uh, We're afraid, we don't feel like we have anything to offer... No ability to use in serving God. We can't, there's just, just simply not much that we have to give. That's wrong. Just as it was wrong for the one talent man, it's wrong for us. And we need to change our thinking. We want to suggest to you this morning that there's something that every Christian can do. Contributions that every Christian can make. And we want to spend some time examining those things in our lesson this morning. We want to stop here just briefly to add words of welcome to those that Joel already extended. We're glad that you're here. We have a beautiful Lord's Day in Middle Tennessee. And it's a great time to be able to come together on this Lord's Day to worship God, to study from His Word, uh, and to encourage one another. And your presence here this morning is an encouragement. We thank you for that. As was mentioned, we have a number of visitors. and We're glad you come our way. We want you to come back just every time you have a chance. And if you have any questions... We'd be very glad to deal with any questions you have about what we're doing, why we're doing it this way, what we teach, and so forth. Let's talk about contributions every Christian can make. When you make that statement, I, I'm pretty sure that there'd probably be some people say, Really? You really think so? You think me, in particular, you think there's something that I could make, some contribution that I could make? You know, maybe this fellow that we're describing feels like he's not very monetarily rich. I don't have, I don't have a lot of money, he says. There's not a lot of money that I can give. And beyond that, I'm not a very skilled person. I see these other fellows standing up and leading, singing, and they come to the front and they word such beautiful prayers. And I know that a lot of the members teach Bible classes and some of the men preach lessons and I just don't feel like I've got any of those kind of skills. I just don't feel like there's anything that I can contribute, really. You, you really think there's something I can contribute? And the answer is emphatically yes. There are contributions that every Christian can make. I want to start out with simply saying you can make the contribution of living an exemplary life. You can set a great example before other people. We, we mention this a lot but I simply do not believe it can be overemphasized, the importance of each one of us living a life that can serve as a positive example to the people around us. The the negative of that, of course, is that if we're living a bad example, we're doing a tremendous amount of damage, but you need to make the contribution of setting a good example. I wanna share something with you that just came to me. In fact, this is out of an email that I received on Friday. On Thursday night on the virtual Bible study, we were talking about basically atheism. We were dealing with a a blog post that we found wherein a guy was saying, here's the five top reasons not to believe in God. And we answered all of his his arguments. They were old, worn arguments that had been answered by many people for centuries before us. But in the course of that, in our live chat room that goes on... uh, uh, while we're there, an anonymous participant to the program mentioned uh, that, this. in this case I found out later, it's a, it's a woman. She had been raised in an atheistic home, and she, she'd been trained to believe that way. But she came to learn about God and believe and obey, and, and I know this person, and she's now a faithful member of the body of Christ. Uh, I didn't know who it was, and in the, in the program we said, could you contact us? We'd, we'd like to talk with you, maybe on the air talk with you about what changed your thinking. Well, this person wants to remain anonymous, and so we'll do that. But I, I told her that I might share part of what she wrote to me, and this is part I wanted to share. She said, I was raised in an atheistic home and continued my studies in college to include a BS in evolutionary biology. Over the years, especially high school and college, I can see myself seeking the the truth but not fully knowing where to look. A long series of events, some could be considered life-changing, others just everyday choices, led me to where I am today. Some of the most influential studies I had were at first not related to the content but the conduct of the attendees. I really began to be drawn to Christians because of their behavior. So much so, I joined every study group I could with any group of friends. And I went to tons, but have no idea now what they were studying. Mostly, I remember their attitude and actions were just different. Now, think about that. There's, uh, I think there's some obvious things to highlight here. She says, I wasn't drawn to what they were studying, but to the conduct of the attendees to these various Bible studies. She said, I went to all kinds of studies. I don't really even remember what most of them were about, but she remembers being drawn to the attitudes and actions of the people that were involved. Do you see that? I I don't think we can state it probably any more clearly than that. Uh, This person who was raised as an atheist, was ultimately drawn to obey the Lord by virtue of what she saw in other Christians. Now that's significant, isn't it? Now I ask you the question, what if it had been you or me that had been around this person at that critical juncture of their life? Would we have influenced them positively to seek the Lord? Would we have been setting that good example? Notice, The conduct of the attendees, their attitude and actions, uh, their behavior. See all the emphasis on that here in this note that this person wrote? Doesn't that illustrate to us how important it is for us to be setting a good example? If we're not, we're never going to draw someone like this. We're gonna, as we said earlier, we're gonna be doing more harm than good if we're set if we're not setting a good example. You know the verses, the common verses that we always use about example. Verses like Jesus' famous statement, Matthew five, sixteen, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Gotta let our light shine. First Peter two verse twelve, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. And we could multiply the verses. You know what they are. We've talked about it a lot. But here's a contribution that you can make. It didn't cost you anything. It didn't cost you any money. Actually, it's just doing what you're supposed to do, right? Living the way you're supposed to live as a Christian. Setting a positive example before others. I want to make one more argument to this point. And this comes also from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, verse 20. In this particular paragraph of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about false teachers. But he says about false teachers, by their fruits ye shall know them. So Jesus said you could look at false teachers and you can see, based upon their lives and and, and the fruits being born in their lives that they are false teachers, okay? I want you to apply that to what we're talking about here. If we're Christians, if we're faithful disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, it ought to be evident. By their fruits you shall know them. Are we known by our fruits as faithful people of God? Are we setting that good example? People who know you, people that you associate with on a daily basis throughout the week, do they know you to be a Christian? Do they understand by the way you act, uh, by, your, by the words you use, by your language, by your very example, do they understand that you're a child? That's a contribution you can make. And we need you to be making that contribution. That's something that every Christian can do. Let me suggest to you that a positive attitude is also a great contribution ...to the cause of Christ. They, can, they cannot arrest you and throw you in jail... ...for having a snobbish, hateful, uncooperative, negative attitude. They, you'll never be arrested and you'll never be put in jail for those reasons. So they can't put you in jail for that... ...but God can send you to hell for having that kind of an attitude... ...and we need to be careful to avoid it. We, we need to be aware. The Lord knows our hearts... In Luke chapter 11, verse 16, beginning, Others, to test Jesus, kept seeking from Him a sign from heaven, but He, knowing their thoughts, said to them, and on the text goes, Jesus knew the the thoughts of the people who were challenging Him. He knows our thoughts too. He knows your attitudes. It's possible that we can just wreck everything we do Even if we're doing technically the right things, we can wreck everything we do and ruin it by having a bad attitude. That's why in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 it says, Watch over your heart with all diligence for it, for from it flow the springs of life. Watch over your heart. Be careful about your attitudes. You remember the fruits of the spirit listed in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Have you ever stopped to think how much of the fruit of the Spirit has to do with not necessarily actions, but attitude? Actions are obviously important. But the fruit of the Spirit affects our attitudes, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so forth. The fruit of the Spirit is a positive attitude and we need to be showing that. And we'll provide a tremendous contribution to the cause of Christ if we can maintain positive attitudes. Sometimes that's challenging, especially when we're going through hard times. It can be very difficult. But we need to work on having a positive attitude. That's a contribution that you can make. Let me suggest to you that selfless service toward others is a contribution that you can make. Just yesterday, Cindy and I were discussing a friend we have in another state that we've known for over 40 years. And when her name came up, my comment about her was, she's a servant. And this woman, if you knew her, that's how you would describe her I thought what I later was thinking, what an amazing thing to be described that way. My first thought of that woman is she is a servant. She serves others, and she does. If you knew her, and if you knew how she's lived her life, that's just what she does. She serves other people. She's, she is not a person of great wealth. She is not a per, a person I think that you would identify as, as being an extremely talented individual in regards to the kind of talents that the world looks for. But she's great. She's a servant. You and I can be that way too, and we need to be. Would you, would you think that that sort of description would be befitting to you? Someone talking to you. Someone's talking about you to someone else and they say she's a servant he's a servant i don't i don't feel it. i don't feel it do i don't feel i don't feel i would be described that way i i need to work at that I, that's a description i want i want people to think of me that way and you should want people to think of you that way you have a servant's heart you serve others and that kind of selfless service it doesn't take a lot of money It does take some time, but typically not a tremendous amount of time to provide the acts of service that other people can can use and really need. In First Corinthians chapter sixteen, beginning verse fifteen, Paul says, "I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. So this household of Stephanus, notice the description." They've addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Don't you think that's kind of similar to what I was just describing about that woman we know in another state? She's a servant. What did Paul say about the household of Stephanus? They've addicted themselves to the ministry of saints. That you submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus. For that which was lacking on your part they have supplied. For they have... Refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore acknowledge them that are such. So here he mentions this Stephanus again, and Fortunatus and Achaicus. He says, they've refreshed my spirit. Because he, he he mentions what was lacking on your part, they have supplied. So they provided him with needed service, right? In all of that, I think we see the point that we need to be serving others. And it's a positive contribution we can all make. You know, It, 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 it doesn't take a great skill set to run an errand for a shut-in person, uh, to see to a need that someone has a, a, in, a, in a critical moment. It, it doesn't take a lot of talent. Typically it doesn't take a tremendous amount of time or money. But we need to be servants. In the text that Joseph read for us earlier from Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest. Boy, that's what we're inclined to do, isn't it? That's the temptation. It's just about me. It's all about me. I'm just taking care of me, he says, but also for the interest of others. There's the challenge. We can make a tremendous contribution if we offer selfless service to others. Here's a simple one. You can make a great contribution by just being faithful in your attendance, to that person that we were describing earlier who says, I just don't feel like there's very much that I can do. I just don't feel like I have much to offer. Well, I hope you, I hope you realize that's really not a true evaluation, not an accurate evaluation. But here's something that you should surely do. Can, can you just be present? Can you be here every time the doors are open? That's a tremendous contribution. Your very presence is a great help to what's being done here in the body of Christ I heard someone offer this kind of unique uh, challenge uh, I think that was offered in a critical note but we want to comment about it. someone says sitting in a church building doesn't make one a faithful Christian any more than sitting in a hen house makes one a chicken well I think that's probably true just sitting here doesn't make you a Christian. But everybody knows, I think, that faithful Christians assemble faithfully. So just being here, just sitting in the seat doesn't make you a, a, a Christian. But everybody knows that a faithful Christian will be here sitting in a seat. You know the verse, Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Notice We're considering how to stir up one another to love and good works. And one of the ways that you do that is to meet together. That's what this does, right? This this motivates us. It stirs us up. It keeps us going. It's an encouragement. It's an encouragement one to another, uh, the Hebrew writer says. Here's another quote that I read recently. The regular public meetings of the church are its heartthrob and lifeblood. When any member purposefully neglects the assemblies, he robs some of this life out of the church. Did you catch that? This this is what we're about. This is what we do, right? This is our, our lifeblood. And if you make a choice, if you make a purposeful choice, I, I'm not going to go to church today. I'm going to go fishing. I'm not going to go to church today. I'm going to hang out with my friends. It robs the church of some of its life when you make a choice like that. This is easy, isn't it? Of all the things that we could possibly do, this may be one of the easiest and yet one of the most vital, to just be faithful in attendance. That's a contribution you can make. I don't know who you are. I'm, I'm speaking to a large spectrum of people here. I understand that. But this is something that every single one of you can do. You can be faithful in attendance. And then, as a final point, I want to talk about money. You you probably thought that that might be first, right? When when we use this word contribution up here, contributions that every Christian can make, you probably, oh yeah, he's going to talk to us about money. Uh, I actually made this the last point on purpose because... I have talked to people, and maybe you have too, who say, oh, the only thing they're interested in is money over there. That's all they want. They just want to get your money. Well, that's not true. That's a wrong impression. We don't want to give that impression. But on the other hand, it is true that monetary contributions are a part of what's expected of us as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not everyone can give a large sum of money. Obviously... We've got people from a variety of different financial backgrounds and and, and current circumstance, and so uh, not everybody can give a lot. Some can, some can give a, a a lot. Not everybody can, but everybody can give some, and I think that's the important thing to consider. You know the verses, First Corinthians sixteen, verses one and two. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let Every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him. Notice there wasn't an exception offered here. You can give some. There's a contribution that you can make in this regard. The companion passage is at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Every man. So here's a contribution you can make. It, it may be a lot. It may be a little. But there's a contribution, a monetary contribution that you can give. But we would not want people to think when we talk about contributions that every Christian can make that we're focusing exclusively on the money. That's obviously not the case. We don't even talk about that very often. It's, it's, it's certainly a biblical point and And it is a part of our responsibility as Christians. We understand that. We don't talk about that a lot. We've got generous givers here at College View. We understand that. But know that every person is to give as they have been prospered and as they purpose. So, what what do you think? Anything you can do? Any contribution that you can make? I would hope that you could agree that everything we've talked about this morning is something that every one of us can do. A good example, a positive attitude, selfless service and faithful attendance and even a monetary contribution, contributions we can all make. Have you been doing your part? Have you been making the contributions expected of you as a child of God? We hope that you have. We can all, we can, in every one of the areas that we described this morning, we can improve, we can do better. We can keep making it better, can't we? I can be better in all of those things. I know I can, and you can too, and we need to keep working that. But if you feel that you've made just a, a real serious failure in achieving these objectives, if you've not even been faithful to the Lord who called you, if if you feel that way, we beg you to come back to him in repentance, confession, and prayer. We'd be glad to pray with you and for you this morning if you need that as a child of God. If you're not yet a Christian, we would ask you to begin that journey with us. Start by obeying that simple gospel plan of salvation. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song.